Welcome to Tanked Up, the podcast about video games and beer. I'm one of your hosts, Ben, here alongside the Queen of Indies, Lucy. Oh, hello. Hey. I still have that title. I'm, I'm pretty sure you do. I don't think anyone's claimed it. <laughs> no, that's fair. <laughs> and you dish out the Indies here every week, Lucy. Um, True. And we're joined by Adol. I don't have a title for hey. you. What, what's your title? Oh, uh, yeah, be? no, I never have a title. <laughs> the King of AAA. Uh no, what am I, Alfred? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. That is an insult, I mm. apologise. Mm. We are going to drink some beers, we're going to talk about some games, it's episode 238, I might have mentioned that already, did I mention that? Who knows? Let's open some beers. Lucy, what are you starting hmm. off with today? I'm starting off with trying to find out how I can see you guys again. Oh no. There Did we, we go. Oh, no, it's fine. Yeah. yeah. Sorted it. Um, I am drinking, first of all, a beer from Tool, which Ooh. this one's been kicking around for a while. Nice. Uh, goes to Hollywood, which is a goose ale brewed with oranges. Uh, bit of flavour text. Dazzling goes with oranges, bound to put a spring in your step. This tart thirst quencher is perfect for sunny afternoons and a fan- and fanciful evenings. Ooh. That's what we're having Wait. today, a fanciful evening. <laughs> and it is 3.8% for, uh, yeah, 440ml can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, this one, I believe, was knocking about in... I think it was Marks and Spencer. It was okay. one of the... Um, High Street store, so Ooh, that's why I have it. They had two mm. all in there as well. Yeah, because um, when the person who picked it up for me, my mum, <laughs> called me, yeah. she was uh, like saying, "Oh, they have two all," and I was like, "Excuse me, pick <laughs> up ten of those, please." Yeah. yeah. Was it? Did they? Did, did she uh, let you know? Did they have um, more than? Uh, no, that I think one? it was just this one. Yeah, which, you know what, ain't bad, <laughs> even if it's just one to all, one to all's better than no to all, so. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Good. Uh, Adam, what are you drinking? Yes, today? it depends. Are you starting with the one you mentioned, or are you finishing with the one you mentioned? Ah, um, uh, the other one I've got is a, um, a double IPA. Um, so it's a bit bigger than the one I believe we both have, but that is a porter. Um, yeah, I, I have one that's just a single IPA, but the porter's a 5%, but I was thinking we could finish with it. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's up to you. If you had a preference, I'm happy to go with the porter first. I am, I'm happy to finish with the porter. Cool. In that case, I have um, the Ace Edge IPA from Buxton Brewery. Um... It is uh, 6.8% IPA. This is our Sriracha Ace Special Edition of our flagship IPA Axe Edge. Axe Edge. Still relentlessly hoppy. Um, Yeah, it's one pant. It's just a 330ml can. 
hmm. with some um, 620% IPA. So okay. I'm looking forward to a nice Sirachi Ace filled experience. Mm. Nice. I uh, haven't had anything with Sriracha Ace in for a long time. Me neither. Mm. Good, good. Right, I am drinking then uh, a beer from Verdant called Now We Are nice. Here, double IPA. It's 8%. It has got ooh, hot side and cold side. Interesting. Hot side, Citra, Galaxy, and Chinook. Cold side, Citra, Galaxy, and Chinook. Um... That's it, apart from the barley, wheat, oats, hops, yeast, water. That it doesn't specify. Four foot milk can. Looks lovely. It's sort of like a satellite image, I Ooh. think, of uh, Manhattan or uh, New York, maybe? Okay. Um, I'm not really sure, just because of where all the lights are, and maybe that's like Central Park up in here, perhaps. Uh, but slightly related to what I'm going to be talking about later in the episode um, as I've been visiting a lot of virtual ah. New York for the last few oh. days I suppose not that long you've played the quiet one huh. is that is that in New York <laughs> a very bad um, take of New York yes which is clearly <laughs> just a set <laughs> mm. brilliant um, Lucy we'll come back to you how's yeah. the two all <laughs> yeah as soon as I poured it like even when it's like a foot away from me. Yeah, I could definitely smell those those orange notes. It yeah. even has mm. like even as I was pouring it, it was just like it just like hit the back of my throat. It sort of had like a very strong you know, and like you ginger, like kind of ginger, like if, you know, if you crack open a can of ginger ale mm. and you just go whiff and you whiff it back and it hits the back, back of your throat a bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely giving off Really strong fruity aromas. Yeah, nice. that, that's really nice. But um, yeah, it's a bit cloudy. It's very orange in colour. Um, probably a bit lighter uh, coming up for you too. But mm. yeah, yeah, it smells really, really fresh, really zesty as well. Really good. Mm. Yeah, that carries over through the taste as well. Yeah, you just it's it's bright, it's vibrant, it's um it's maybe not the kind of beer that like, you know, it's getting a bit dark. It's eight o'clock. Probably wanna sit down with like a nice porter that you two have later, but mm. it's still a really nice, refreshing beer. It's it's not as sour, um as a lot of the other two old beers that I've had. Mm-hmm. Because they're not afraid of going really, really sour and experimenting with like weird over the top out there flavors um this is definitely more subdued compared to their other slate but yeah i I think this is would be a good you know way to get into more sour beers like Mm -hmm. and your gozes and Mm. uh, your building devices because this is it still has that fruitiness this is more like a not in a bad way but in a, a watered down squash um, okay. Where it's like yeah. slightly sour, you're not getting all you know so much fruit as you would in like a neeper or something like that. But it's not, it's not puckeringly sour. You know, mm-hmm. you're not going to screw your face up at it um, drinking it. <laughs> I suppose it adds the mm. the refreshing quality of it as yeah. well. You know? Yeah, it's really crisp. It's um, yeah, it's 
it's got a bit of sharpness from you know the sourness and yeah it's got a nice bit of hoppiness to it um mm. it's not flat so yeah it's it, getting that really nice crisp refreshing just palette cleanser as well because um the end it's it it's got a nice finish a nice watery finish it's not like you just go all that sourness and then that's it it's you still got a nice bit of flavor at the end a nice bit of um yeah it's it's good i i like it it's, it's definitely not my favorite to all beer because i make some bangers but mm, um they do, they really do yeah like it'd be good to know if they if it, if that day that when my mom went to the um i believe it was marks and spencers whether that the shells were just ransacked and this was the only two old beer left because I'd love to see like some of their other, <laughs> um, you know, beers on store shelves like come to the masses. Mm. You know, not not exactly produced on a mass scale, but at least you know try and infiltrate um, some high street stores because they make some really good stuff. I yeah. mean, this is a three point eight percent beer. Um, their beers are usually quite expensive, so. I doubt anyone's gonna walk into Marts and pay seven quid for like. Uh, I think my favourite beer of theirs is like a triple fruited Imperial Ghost, like Raspberry Ghost, which is like <laughs> eight pounds. I don't think anyone's just gonna go and pick up that, but it'd be good to see if like some of their like pilsners and lagers and stuff mm. like that would end up on store shelves. So yeah, it's it's we'll I haven't seen too old for a long time. Mm. Um, I, you know, obviously you, we're kind of living in a weird time where maybe stuff on a more local level for things like bottle shops and stuff becomes a little more inaccessible uh, when you're getting something in from, you know, Europe or somewhere like that. And it, it does then come down to the bigger purchasers who can get in you know, thousands and thousands of cans and distribute mm -hmm. them across their stores rather than one little shop that wants a case of this and a case of that but even before the pandemic they definitely had disappeared mm. a little bit yeah definitely i'd see them in like cartridge wines all the time but i don't know if that was the case of no one was going for those really expensive cans yeah. or whether yeah they the supply had dried up but it'd be a shame um because now and then I get like an email from them. It's like, oh, we, we can ship you this from Denmark, or and, you know, and it's like, hmm, oh, you really want to spend like two hundred krona on <laughs> on a case, <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, yeah, it would be a shame if they, you know, their presence in in England has, you know, dried up. Yeah. Um, hopefully they come back. Because I really like to all that they were early on like one of my solid favourites, and they probably still are. I just yeah, absolutely. Don't have enough. Yeah. I, and again, I think they were one of those that um, kind of pushed craft that little bit more, at least in my mind. I think when we kind of first started the podcast, at least mm -hmm. you know what we're talking about five odd years ago. Um, they were doing their um, their series of beers, you know, their Mister. Um, Yes, series, Mr. Pink, um, Mr. Where, yeah. yeah, where they followed mm. the Reservoir Dog names uh, and chucked out a, a few beers based on that. Um, yes, and they were the kind of brewery that we go. Oh, they've got something different. There's something new coming from them. Okay, yeah, I've tried this. Maybe I'll go for this next. And um, everyone else has taken that up. 
and we get lots of different you know, collaboration mm. boxes and yeah. all these sorts of things. You know, the Northern Powerhouse box and stuff that, that came later on and things. So they definitely, um, I wouldn't say trail blazers, but they definitely set a tone, at least for me, in kind of yeah. what craft was. Um, much more than you know, everyone always harps on, and lots of people in the UK, it will be Brewdog that, that people got yeah. into it from. Yes. But there's others that were doing a lot more, um, you know, around that time as well. Um, so, yeah, too old, as you say, Lucy, they're definitely mm. one of the uh, ins for me. Yeah. Good. Good. Uh, Adam, we'll come to you unless Yay. you have an anec- a too old anecdote to share. <laughs> no, just really good beer. I always liked them. Yeah. I yeah. think you guys have said enough about that. Um, I can't add, is what I mean. I don't sure. mean, like, oh, you guys have said so much about that. I came out <laughs> uh, but I can't talk about this Buxton Ace Edge. I can't. I've had the Axe Edge, but for yep. the life of me, I can't remember what it tastes like. Which is a shame, because obviously if they're just doing a hop switch and a jump. A hop switch. I I was waiting for Um, that. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, That pause was, you don't have to say it. I was going to. And and after the pause was like, I do have to say it. Like my mind during the pause is, I think I have to say it. Um, But, I mean, this is is a very good beer. I really like... um, I mean, it, it, it is, and it's also definitely, um, I think the hoppy, it's Sriracha Ace, so it's quite bitter. Um, mm. So, like, even though it actually leaves my mouth a little dry and at 6.8% alcohol, you have a bit of a velvety texture. Um, it's, um, it's still taste, like, the, the finish is still quite bitter um, with maybe some lemon zest. Uh, mm-hmm. On the finish, but then uh, on the actual taste, you're you're hitting the standard, um, well, like various Rachi Ace notes. Mm. So you've got like um, citrusy, tangy lemon, um, more lemony than zesty to start, um, with a background of like um, a bit of a bit of coriander and a bit of wood. Mm. I would say. Okay. Um, just a very light hint of wood, but yeah, you've got that very lemon-forward um, taste with a just a touch of the coriander in the back end. Really crisp, really clean and refreshing, which mm. I think is very Sriracha Ace. Um, and then it fades into this sort of more lemon zest than sort of mainly lemon. Uh, and I think that's because it's it's a little more because bi- that's where the bittering really the bitterness really comes through after the main taste, okay. and so you just feel lemon and bitter. You're thinking zest and a bit of peel, um, and the finish is um, a little long. It actually there's something else there that's sitting that is helping offset the bitterness, and I can't quite place it, but it makes it really satisfying uh and it might just be that the texture of the mouthfeel is wet and it's bitter so it like your taste buds are saying oh am i being dried out but the but your mouth isn't being dried out and that mm. makes it sort of really satisfying to just sort of sit with that um bitter aftertaste um, nice. yeah so it's a it's a very and like i said i think what i like um most about it is just how crisp each of those bits are it's very it's a very clean beer it's not a muddled taste profile mm. Brilliant. That's uh, my allergies start acting up in my eye. <laughs> yeah, something into the 
Yeah. <laughs> you're not getting any. Yep. Um, you're not getting any kind of. You're seeing there's coriander. We always find that there's that little bit of soapiness occasionally. Um, yeah. Uh, with with coriander, or at least the, what we perceive as that taste of coriander. Are you getting anything like that at all from it, or is it is it is it nice and tight instead? Yeah, like I said, I think when I was saying everything's crisp, but like it tastes like coriander. It doesn't have that soapiness that some people only taste with coriander, but it occasionally bleeds out of a coriander type taste mm. in the beer. I don't get any of that soapiness at all. Brilliant, nice, yeah, good. Okay, for me, the burden. What was it called? Now we are here. Hmm, it's got a nice nose. Very light, a little bit um, apricotty, maybe. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, very, very sort of light mm. stone fruit. But a little bit more apricotty. It's 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 light in colour as well. It's quite pale. A uh, little hint of orange, maybe more than you're getting on the on the camera there. Oh yeah, I totally didn't show you mine. It looks like mm. this. Mm. Nice. Mm. <laughs> well, that's a smooth beer. That's a very smooth beer. It has the body and the viscosity of a double IPA. Mm. It creeps in maybe with... There's definitely an, an... There is a stone fruit, a soft stone fruit in there. I can't quite tell whether it's maybe apricot or peach, but it's around that sort of areas maybe a little bit sweet as well but it's got something else this this let's say it's got oats in it because it's definitely got a little bit of a creaminess to it as well um coming through in that in that mouthfeel but also in that flavor as well coming with those um with those light stone fruit flavors it feels a little bit um you know as you would get um if you had like an apricot yogurt it's that kind of apricot that i'm getting from it um, but it also leads into this very light very very light bitterness but there's something just there on the back end that kind of allows it to go into a little bit more of an earthy kind of end it's not a, it's not a piney bitterness there's another beer I had last week which is more of an earthy bitterness than sort of the standard kind of piney finish that we, we get on a lot of kind of IPAs at least. Um, but it, it goes from that nice soft stone fruit into this more rugged earthy kind of finish. A little bit of bitterness and I think that's just trying to hide the slight alcohol burn I can just feel as well. So whether it's there just to mask that or it's, it's, it's there to complement it as such but the, they, they picked these hops to finish and round out this beer knowing that they've got that little bit more of a, a kick to it as well um, to sit alongside So and it's, it's so easy ridiculously easy you can't quite see its viscosity from the glass but the, you know, the, the head lace is lovely to the, the side of the glass Yeah, um, mm. and it, it poured quite frothy as well so it's um it's dissipated quite quickly, but sticking around just on the side there really. Mm. Mm, this is really good. Yeah, I think I've had that beer. Yeah. Um, in the last couple of weeks. I mean, anything from Vernon's going to be good, <laughs> really. Let's be it honest. Usually is yeah <laughs> yeah. I think they've only had a couple of um, a couple of missteps 
um, with some beers maybe last year when they changed their yeast profile and they went with something else and didn't quite work out you know but again the nature of craft throw the beers out there see what yes. people think of them someone may enjoy them um, otherwise you move on from that recipe tinker with it maybe never use it again uh, but yeah, yeah. stick with the Cornish stop. yeast Oh, the Cornish yeast. That's it. Maybe they imported some yeah. water from somewhere and thought, let's change things up completely. <laughs> Bring that dirty Bristol water down. <laughs> oh, we got good water here. I like our water. Yeah, yeah yours is okay. Mm. It's yeah. alright here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Mr. Canada, I bet the water over there is amazing. Calgary has had mm. a bit of a controversy the past 10 years because they oh, took the fluoride out of the water and then now that it's been long enough they've <laughs> um, they have scientific evidence that children's teeth are worse. Really? Oh wow. wow. Yeah, fluoride fluoride is ex- expensive but it really mm-hmm. does help um, with teeth. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it, it was it basically was in after the big market crash of 2008. Mm. A way to save three quarters of a million dollars or something, because it was like that time in the life cycle of the plant that they would need to do a lot of work. And right. Didn't. Uh, and of course, there's also all the randos um, who insist that fluoride you know, gives you cancer or makes you yeah. grow wings or whatever. <laughs> does it? Does it if help only. Your hair grow back. Does it help your hair grow back? I love that place. That'd be nice. Yeah. Uh, no, no, it's, it's actually Red Bull's just fluoride. It's, just, it's not the taurine in, in Red Bull, it's the fluoride. That's it, that's why my teeth have been worse since I've stopped drinking uh, uh, Jaeger Red Bulls. I'm just having the Jaeger straight now. That's it, that's why my teeth have been uh, yeah. worse. Can't do that, my friend. Gotta go back to the proper scientific Red Bull in the teeth. <laughs> what you gotta do, okay... Mm-hmm. Is you've got to not rinse your mouth out with water, but rinse it with Red Bull right after you brushed your teeth. Oh, I see. How is that? Now, everyone, just listeners, viewers, co-hosts, I want you to actually think about what that would taste like. Ooh, ooh. And and um, yeah, and you're welcome. Mm. I had that thought. And I was like, oh god, that's the worst. I need to share this. I think that visceral probably, reactions all around. Probably tastes like Iron Brew. I think. Um, oh my God. Can you imagine Red Bull and mint? Oh, but also, uh, top tip, you're not supposed to rinse your mouth out um, after you brush your teeth. Mm-hmm. Especially if your toothpaste, he says, motioning because he realizes this is in, his is in shot, um, but blurred, um, has fluoride in it because the fluoride needs to sit there on your teeth because it's good for it. That's the end of my weird... Calgary water, water anecdote. I enjoyed it. I'm glad we. I'm glad we got some some teeth brushing etiquette in there as well. Yes. Good. Oh dear. Um, let's well, talk you know, about you know the reason we're here this evening. We've we've covered our beers. Let's talk about some video games. Um, who would like to start this week? Either of you uh, want to jump in? I'm happy to start because I don't have a lot to say. Okay. Cool. Go for it. Um. So, as we all know, most of my game chat comes from uh, my Tuesday morning streams. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we, it was just a slow week. We didn't really have any keys come our way or keys we wanted. There wasn't anything that jumped out. Uh, so I just wanted to quickly talk about... Um, so the thing that happened on Magic Arena this past week was they took... So 
Magic Arena started a couple years ago, so it's mostly like just the new printed cards. But earlier in the year, they took the set that they had done the beta on, so they had already programmed all those cards in, uh, and they took a, a microcosm of about 300 of those cards from the Amicus, um cycle, basically. Uh, so three different sets that were themed around Egyptian stuff, and they mm. released a remastered version of that that you could like draft and play and add to your like non-standard legal your historic which is like all of the cards available basically um decks to play around with and that went really well and so now that it seems like that's their i that's their way of introducing older cards back into the program rather than like trying to sell you packs or whatever uh, it's like now we'll have events and you can do the the draft experience um, which a lot of people miss about Magic, especially with the pandemic on, because you can't just buy uh, a pack. So what Draft is, is basically normally the way these card games work, especially Magic, is uh, you buy a box of booster packs. It's like 36 packs and fi 15 cards a pack. And you either do a sealed pool, which is you open six packs up, and everyone else in the room opens up six packs, and you try and make a deck out of them. And try to make the best deck you can, and then you, you guys fight tournament style. Mm -hmm. Or there's um, draft, which is everyone gets three packs, and usually mm -hmm. about eight people. And you you open your first pack, and you look at it, and you take the card you want, and then you pass it to the left. And you do that until you everyone runs out of cards, and then you open the second pack and do the same thing. And that's a really interesting and challenging way to play because you're constantly deck building. As you see cards, you're like... In the first couple of packs, you're like, oh, this might come back to me, and it's a common, so maybe I'll get lucky. But then as three, four pack picks in, you're like, other people are picking all the blue cards. There are no blue cards. I think I need to switch colors, but also everyone else might be switching colors. Mm. And so there's a really interesting strategic dynamic in that. And then, of course, you pick 45 cards and you're going to make a 40-card deck, which is usually 17 lands, 23 spells. So you still have some leeway of, like, if you draft it okay, you'll have a lot of playables, and then you can sort of move your deck around. And then as you play, uh, you can switch cards from your pool because your pool is just all of the cards you drafted, all 45, right? Um, and so what they're doing is they're allowing sealed and draft uh, in the new set, Kaladesh, which I never played. Um, which focused a lot on a new mechanic called energy, which is basically another thing to track. It's like some some cards, when you cast them, they would give you energy as a new resource that you just tracked, that just stayed until you used it. And then some cards are like, when you attack, spend two energy, make a 1-1 one, one token. Or spend two energy, this thing's now unblockable, that kind of thing. Um, having never played it, though, and done the sealed pool, uh, which was with a stream today, Boy, did I not do well. I, I've, I've been playing Magic a bunch this year, and I, even in, like, Sealed and Draft, I've been winning at least one game. So the way it works is it's like, go until you lose three times, mm -hmm. or win seven times. And I usually at least hit two wins. Uh, on, on Sealed especially, because it's like, okay, I know how to deck build, etc. But I just didn't know how quick the format was and made a deck that was okay but too slow so by the time i rebounded i was at like five health consistently and then it was like a couple of their spells being like their top decks being better i'm dead mm -hmm. um but i just wanted to bring that up because it's like the only way you can play sort of this type of card game experience right now uh but also 
I, I underestimated how much, like, I've done a So normally when sets are new, it's like you draft them, but some of the mechanics are the similar because the, the design team is like, how will this new set interact with the ones that are currently standard legal? So there's a bit of a, like a slow curve between sets that kind of help you think around, or at least you're used to certain things. A certain interplay will be available. So it, while this is like from five years ago or whatever, this set does not act like anything I've played in my current, like I played a bit in 20, 2008 and then a bunch when I was in, you know, in the, in the 90s and then nothing, right? Until last year or the last couple of years. So it's just like, I have no idea how this fit into standard I just it's just such a microcosm of an era of magic I didn't know and mm-hmm. I was like I didn't realize how much instinct I had been operating on and so I thought that was kind of interesting um, I know you both popped in and Ben you've played magic before mm-hmm. but Lucy you haven't and I think what was your comment uh, you could have told me you were winning each time yes. <laughs> wouldn't have known the difference yep <laughs> Oh yeah, it's first. It's first to zero, obviously. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> it's only your general tone where it's like, hmm, <laughs> maybe this isn't going well. Yeah, I mean, so, so mo- <laughs> yeah, so there were a couple places where I clearly punted. Like I, I I'm so used to in modern ma- magic. Like, so one of the things is like, permanents have activated abilities. You like tap them or pay some money mana, and you can do a thing. And usually that means they're at instant speeds. So you can do that reactively or on the other opponent's turn. And twice in my in my sealed pool games, I just didn't read the whole card. I'm like, activate ability, sack, get, make them discard a card. Cool, I'll do that on the, as soon as they draw a card. And then the next line is activate this only as a sorcery. So then I just cast an artifact in that didn't help me that turn, didn't use it that turn instead of casting something that might have helped me stay alive for at least another turn. And then on their turn, I was like, oh, well, I can't do that thing. Fudge. <laughs> um, and then that twice, and I, I think there's there's a common expression, which is reading the card explains the card. And I didn't think I was this bad at it, but boy, did I do it twice this morning. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I mean, I think uh, it's a really neat time because they definitely put some of their resources into nostalgia, which is smart because a lot of people like didn't don't mind playing online because it's easy, but mm-hmm. do love the paper experience, and they don't have analogs. Yeah. Mm. Um, so I just wanted to bring this up because it was just like an interesting, from like a corporate standpoint, of how Wizards of the Coast, Hasbro, whatever you want to call them, um, sort of. I think they they changed gears. That's my suspicion, and really leaned into getting these new sets out or these remastered sets out quicker because I in like three months they've gotten two out and that yeah. seems kind of aggressive but of course they're probably not selling as much paper product because yeah. like some people are still like True. buying and, and so, like yeah. collecting but like I said draft is a way used to be the way the game was played like draft was the main thing then standard uh, now commander kind of is the big thing which is more of a casual experience it's less competitive it's multiplayer because as soon as you introduce another even a third player the whole game changes because obviously when it's just me versus you i know that when i attack you either Mm. you block and your creatures die or you don't and then i know what you have on table and that'll come back at me Mm. but if i attack all out on you knowing that you can't kill me next turn but lucy's but the other one of you is still there right 
I'm now just open to you, and you've had to n not use any resources to do that, so you can hit me with half your creatures, and I'm done. Um, and so commander games tend to be longer, um, and but they also use cards from the whole history. And again, I think they're... I wouldn't be surprised if they're trying to figure out how to make the multiplayer work. And by in order to make that work, they need a bigger library. Yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I just wanted to, to sort of talk about that... Um, but also, yeah, so, so Ben, as someone who's never played Arena, but played mm -hmm. Magic back in the day, what do you think of it? Um, it's interesting. I think I would, um, I would, you know, do as you did and struggle to, uh, you know, in the first instance, to, to get my head around kind of the new mechanics and uh, the mm -hmm. different things and new cards and, and stuff like that. If it was, if, if I was already a Magic player, in the current climate, I, there was absolutely there's no doubt I would go and play something like this, um, and, and and roll straight into it. And you know, you you had a little bit as well where you played a game towards the uh, right at the end, the last game you played. Was that more of a constructed deck? Oh yeah, yeah. So I kind of quickly talked over it, but yeah. So the so the last game I played on stream was in current standard, so using the latest cards of the past two years, basically. Uh, and it's my, uh, it's a deck that's. A standard archetype, which is like blue black rogues, um, and uh, it's sort of aggressive, but also mills them. Um, yes. And the like tournament winning versions of this have a lot more removal, and um, the milling is incidental. It's just to turn certain things on because there's like this one pivotal card that sort of is a black rogue um, creature, one black mana flash, so you can cast it on the any at any point of time basically it's instant speed so you can cast at the end of their turn um and it's a one one but if they have but when them or another when they're when they enter the battlefield or any other rogue enters the battlefield it mills two cards of the opponent's graveyard mm. uh, libraries take two cards from their library put in their graveyard and if they have more than eight cards in their graveyard it becomes it gets plus two plus one and death touch so it becomes a three two for one but also if you have more than one rogue, it's you're going to hit that eight in a couple of turns, and so most of it this is like aggressive, and because it's cheap, th you know, you block a five five with a three two death touch, it still dies because it's got death touch. Um, but I lean into the milling part by having things from the new set, which are ruinous crab. It's a one mana blue O three crab. When a land enters the battlefield under your control, it mills three of their cards, and it makes my deck less aggressive but makes the milling more consistent they have 60 cards uh, I've got lands which turn into other lands so if you put one of those in the field with a crab in play that's three off the top of their library then you flip it to become a different land and it becomes three off the top of their library if you have two of those crabs in play you've got two big they're blockers too they're zero threes they're not easy to kill but it means, means that two of those in play 12 like almost a third of their deck is just gone from playing a land, let alone doing anything else. Uh, and then it's a bunch of counter spells, including in the new set, they've got flip cards, which are like lands on one side or um, spells. And if one of them is a cheap counter spell that basically counters them unless they pay a, um, a mana, an extra mana. So if, they, so if they tap out for a spell, you can counter it. It goes away. If they end up having more lands than you, you play it as a land and mill them with a the crap. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, and I'm, if you could tell the stark difference of, I am very familiar with this deck. I've, pl I've played it a bunch. I've, I also, like, designed it. Um, so I, like, was in a ranked match and 
they just didn't get to do anything and they gave up. I think I lost I lost six life that was all to my own playing <laughs> lands that, that burnt, like hurt me if I wanted them untapped. And that was it. That was just like beats and mill. Fine. And then you see early in the stream with this um, standard uh, or this ranked thing. Uh, sorry. This Kaladesh sealed pool. It was like my closest game was when I just set, threw the whole deck out and grabbed entirely new cards. And I was like, oh, I did this entirely wrong. <laughs> Oops. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I think it does a good job of showing the mechanics really well, like what what can and can't be done by just like highlighting and stuff. But it is still, I think, pretty unimpenetrable. Yes, unimpenetrable. If you have never played Magic, let alone Arena. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have nothing to say about the game itself because I know nothing about Magic other than what you've told me. Yeah. Uh, but. Yeah, just looking at the set dressing and how it looked, really nice. Like even when I sat with you on that, uh, when we looked, was it Banners of Ruin? Was that the mm. name of the game? Yeah, with yeah. The, with the animals, even that had a nice art style. But like this, you can just tell it's like okay. Yeah, they've spent a lot of polish. Yeah, <laughs> they spent a lot of money uh, making this uh, look nice and play nice. Yeah, up until Arena, the only way to play Magic Online uh, is the game Magic MTG Online, mm -hmm. um, which I encur encourage you all to Google just to see a screenshot because it looks like it. it that it, any screenshot you see is how it looks today, and it looks like Windows motherfucking ninety five. <laughs> it is one of the <laughs> ugliest looking games because you can imagine Windows ninety five and like making fake cardboard cards, and you're like, <clears throat> it is. I mean, so when I started in two, back with like when my friends were playing in twenty two thousand eight, and I started like played for a bit with them. When then I moved away, I was like, I kind of like this, but I'm just gonna leave my cards at home because I don't know what like life in Amsterdam, and doing a master's, I probably won't have time. But at no point, given just how clunky that app is, at no point did I think, oh, I could always just try playing online. And mm. even when I like was like, oh, maybe I'll play online. It's like, nope, this is garbage looking, and it's really hard to oh, figure wow. out. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah, there we go. I was hoping you actually looked it up there. Yeah. That it's looks bad. like, um, yeah, as you said, Windows 95 Solitaire. But it's not as good. It, yeah, like I said, <laughs> Windows 95. Yeah. yeah. I shall look at this later. Brilliant. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> oh, yeah, you can't because you're streaming, I guess. Yes. Well, you should be able to. I mean, I, I can. It's, something. it's not a window it's not, capture. It's not But tax, it doesn't matter. Anyway, so that's... I, I had a job application or, um, yesterday, and so I didn't actually play games on the weekend. Also, my um, household did a pub crawl, mm. which is a... Oh, nice. Everyone makes their room into a themed pub with a drink. So I'm not... We didn't break rules and <laughs> lock down and like, break into several pubs in our pub crawl. Sadly, I'm not that cool, nor <laughs> reckless with public health. Um, but yeah, so I just like usually I, I, I try and play a, a game or so on the weekends, or it's just what I've just been streaming. But that's that's all I did was this week's this morning, and it was a first look at uh, current games, new content. Anyway, nice. I thought that would be short, but boy, yeah, I managed to talk too much. It was it was short it for us. It's fine. It was short yeah. for us. Um, Lucy, should we come to you? Mm. Yeah, so I multiple also, games, one game, no, twelve games. I <laughs> a bit less this week. I haven't <laughs> played much myself either. Okay. Um, played 
bit of Tetris connected with oh, Ben. We played some Tetris, Tetris Effect Connected, yes. Yes. Ah, yes. But did you play it with a Connect? My Connect was around on top of my monitor, but Tetris it wasn't. Tetris um... Effect Connected Connect <laughs> Edition. No. No. Um, the Connect was around. <gasps> No. No. <laughs> I, I'm enjoying this. Um, oh, she's not happy. I'm going to put you in. Yeah. Headphones. Headphones. Shit. Sorry. I'm distracted. <laughs> ah. <laughs> yes. We, 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 we played uh, Tetris Effect Connected. Yes. We played uh, via Game Pass PC. Mm-hmm. Um, we played. The co-op mode, we didn't get much time, so we only played the co-op mode um, with a CPU character, because it's um, a three-person mode. Uh, the cooperative mode, that is, when mm. playing mm. against a boss. Uh, we we got the CPU on decent, and they were decent. So. Well, they, they yeah. lasted longer than I did. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I was hoping I could join you, but obviously I had, I had that job. Yes. No, that's, that's fair. I'm um, sure we'll play it th- I think it's probably best that you got a decent AI player because Tetris <laughs> is one of those games where I have never really gotten the hang of. I've, really? I've always played it in small bursts when like it's on a new platform or like, hmm. you know, check out Tetris 99. And I, it feels like a game I should either be good at or enjoy. And um, history has said neither. <laughs> anyway, I don't I think mean, you have to be good I at Tetris it, to enjoy it, though. Yeah, yeah. If something like Tetris ninety nine, if you're getting knocked out in like five seconds and you're yeah. always restarting a match, and yeah, that would be frustrating. But yeah, yeah, you'd have I think to be good. honestly, it's just putting. I think I just need to put the reps in to see, like, because it, it, like, I do think reasonably structurally, but and okay spatially, and I think it's from what I understand about the theory, a lot of it is like okay. I, I know the shapes I have. I can see the shape I have now and the shape coming, and I know kind of the default best way to put it, these two together and then how they fit into my current monstrosity. And uh, I say that just because I often, uh, I think I go too fast and try and like just like, oh, that seems like the best play, the slam versus let the descent give me a couple seconds of... That's how you play Tetris. You drop it. You drop it as soon okay. as you Lucy, got it. Lucy was relentless. Just bam, 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 bam. <laughs> okay, good. I, I'm, I'm glad that... And I'm not even that good notion. at Tetris. You know? I was, I, I was sat not, there on my mm. keyboard going... Huh? <laughs> oh, no, wait. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> you weren't, Ben. <laughs> you, were, you were still... <laughs> considering <laughs> it was your first time playing and you didn't even know half the keyboard inputs. <laughs> like, you know how to play Tetris. You're good at Tetris. So. I, I mean, I, I, I think I would have felt mm. more comfortable uh, with a gamepad. Um, oh, yes, like having, yes, having yeah. spin on the triggers, being able to move, uh, hold would have been like X or circle or something like that. You know, those yeah. those kind of configurations to, to just be a little bit more responsive. Mm. To, yeah, I much prefer it with the pad. Yeah, mm. like because even when you have that odd occasion where you've just moved the joystick a bit too far or just not enough and you just drop it in the wrong place you make up for that just having that freedom of movement and that fluidity mm-hmm. using the joysticks and yeah and um if a game like Tetris Connect um especially like feeling that vibration and like when the music builds and stuff like that it's all added yeah. to the experience yeah. on a pad it, so. it definitely wants uh, it definitely wants you to play it I think in that 
way having those extra features that that that, uh, that kind of that rumble um, mm-hmm. and it, it makes me want to play the like the main mode as well I played yeah, the demo it's of great. It, which was what when did it come out 2018 yeah um, and I played the demo I think maybe six months or so after it had released um, yeah it, it's quite short the story mode I finished right, it okay. um, I think it's like seven worlds and you're only spending like what 15 minutes max yeah. on on each one so it's quite short but I think there's enough other trimmings around it with like the co-op mode and the uh, versus mode and all these other like chilled out modes and effects modes so mm. it does seem like a kind of like even though it's very good Tetris it's probably the best Tetris there is it does seem like a very meager offering considering what they were charging for it prior to it having this connected mode, you yeah. know, like on the PlayStation, original PlayStation version, like, yes, it's great, but, yeah, like, £40 for just Tetris, like, I understand why people pay Oof. that, like, Puyo Puyo Tetris on Switch is, like, £40 as well. I'm just like, I, I, can't, I can't bring myself to pay that much, even though Tetris is the best game ever made, but... I can't. But it, I, I mean, bring there's also to. like a million and a half Tetris clones on yes. Flash. Oh, oh, wait, aha! And now I see the ploy. Once Flash <laughs> dies in December, <laughs> you'll have no choice. I'll be screwed. Yeah, I- I'd happily buy this game if it left um, Game Pass, because you get a discount on Game Pass if you have it. And anyway, so yeah, I'd pay twenty pounds for this Tetris. It's very good Tetris. Mm. But. Yeah, I'm sure we'll play more of that with you, deal in the coming weeks. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I, I, if you, it wasn't what I predicted the um, next multiplayer game I would play. But. <laughs> well, I love that Tetris, and this is the one game where it's like, yeah, I can just hop in and play Tetris. I don't have to sit in a lobby, switching out guns, doing a raid <laughs> for twelve hours. It's just like no, um, in and out. Pure fun Tetris. Uh, other than that, I've been playing another run-based game because really that's all what I'm getting time for and all that I feel like playing nowadays. Mm. Just like short bursts. Right. Um, this is a game called Going Under. I'm not sure if you two have seen anything about this no. game. No, it doesn't ring a bell. It is a very, very colourful roguelike or roguelite, I don't know. Uh, semantics. Um, You're playing <laughs> a roguelite. Yes. Shocking, isn't it? Wow. Um, I, I first, like, I, I saw the game a couple like months ago, and I was just like, oh, that's very colourful, it's very bright, um, very, not neon, but very bright yellows and pinks, and and it's got like this um, very toyetic, uh, like, Playish art style as well, mm. um, very like low poly. Okay. Um, it, it's when it came out and um, when it started reviewing, people were like saying, "Okay, this was like sort of around the time of, like Spelunky came out in Hades." Is in that like very busy like September uh, rush with all these roguelikes, um, but people were saying, "Oh, this is." This is how, like, the likes of Spelunky is very hard, whereas um, Hades and Going Under are another other ways to approach this um, this genre. Le- you know, more forgiving, less punishing. 
Um, mm. I believe this has an assist mode, which might turn on. <laughs> I'll get to that later. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I love the aesthetic and the tone and the humour of this game. It's it's basically set in this um, this tech startup called Fizzle, um, and they sell fizzy drinks. Hmm. And it's you are going into these. You're an intern. Um, you're an intern called Jacqueline, and she's just started a, a marketing internship. But it's like, no, you're not actually going to do that. Anyone who's been on the internship, it's like, I didn't sign up for this. And it's like, you're damn right, you didn't. You're doing something else. Uh, <laughs> and she's actually having to go into these dungeons, <laughs> which are basically the corpses of failed previous startups. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so like one of them is like a, a startup that had this like uh, dating app sort of like Tinder called Winky Dink and it's like okay this <laughs> failed because the only because this app in this app the only way you could talk to somebody else was via emojis and it's like oh one of these crazy Silicon Valley ideas that mm. was never going to work it didn't work and it folded and it's like, all the previous staff are now in this dungeon they've all turned into like horny demons who uh <laughs> like <laughs> who who like wield body pillows at you and stuff like that it's just absurd nice. yeah and you've got three different dungeons um yeah one is the the <laughs> there's basically one that's like bitcoin you've got the uh tinder app and Amazing. the first dungeon is sort of like uh linkedin or something like that i think it's called joblin and it's just a bunch of goblins down there. Um, <laughs> it it is. It, I love I love the tone of it. But in terms of the gameplay, uh, it's sort of like it's kind of reminds me of like Dead Rising, in the fact that you pick up any like objects in these offices, like keyboards, laptops. Um, you know, there's in the in the Winky Dink uh, dungeon. There's like these these big aubergines and and they're labeled low-hanging fruit which is very good um just anything that you can get your hands on um you know torches you, there's sometimes like these little cars that you can race and it's all over the place in these different kinds of items that you can use so it's very much dead rising in that sense where it's like pick up anything use it as a weapon these weapons also break over time which is you know it's not annoying in something like Zelda uh, Breath of the Wild it, this is more yes you are going into these very brief um, combat scenarios these very small dungeon rooms and you're just having to uh, get rid of you know four or five different different demons goblins at a time before moving on to the next part so yeah the, the destructible weapons it makes sense in this point it never gets annoying it always there's so, always so much around you where mm. you can just pick up anything and use it as a weapon. You can, you know, throw objects as well at enemies. Um, the point where it's like more of a roguelite is the progression, where every time you go into these dungeons, um, you are slowly unlocking these permanent and temporary buffs. So uh, the temporary buffs are like apps that you pick up. So like one of the apps is like um, this camera app and it's like felt cute might delete later and it basically just <laughs> flashes these enemies you get like five flashes and it stuns these enemies 
and once you use use that up it's like it's gone um you can pick it up later usually get it from like smashing crates or or killing enough enemies and stuff like that but um yeah these are all temporary buffs and then the more uh permanent ones they're uh skills that you endorse so and there's so many of them i think there's like 75 and you, you unlock them like quite quickly and you come across them a lot so you're always given like some help um it's never like you just cast adrift and right i mean it's procedurally generated as well so it, and that can sometimes feel like okay you've put me in a crappy situation i don't have any items i can't get any more health and stuff like that in, in other roguelikes that is whereas this it's always giving you that help mm. um it's always giving you just enough even if it is feels like you're just scraping through it is always just enough um but yeah these these permanent buffs are like uh if i do a dodge roll it just lands a explosive bomb um where i rolled or if an enemy hits hits me uh i get like the clap back skill and all the enemies within a radius um suffer damage or there's a chance that you know, if you hit an enemy, you'll gain some health back, and there's all these different kinds of ones. Um, and as soon as you pick those up during your run, they last for the whole run, uh, which is good. Oh, okay. And sometimes at the start of the run, you can um, pin a skill, so you can choose uh, choose choose a you know a, an ability that you'll always have, um, even from the start of the run. But the amount of times that you pick up these 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 skills, these abilities, and have them throughout the run, it's like you end up with like twelve, thirteen different um, different uh, abilities, and there are separate rooms within these dungeons where you can go and pick between one and two uh, of these of these buffs, mm. which is so. Yeah, it's always throwing um, help at you, which is nice. 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 Um, has it got you wanting to play any more, uh, you know, roguelike kind of games? Like a lot of people, no, are putting, <laughs> a lot of people are putting Hades as like their. Yeah, um, you know, I do want to play their Hades. Game of the yep. year, like, and it's it's one that I talked about a lot last year when it was in early access. I can't remember whether it was in my top ten or not for last year. Um, I don't remember it being. No, I don't. I don't think it was. Mm-mm. I'm sure there's some way to find out, but we don't know right this moment in time. Um, no way. But yeah, I really enjoyed Hades, but I haven't played it since um, uh, since its full release. One point oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I, I, I don't know whether if I found something that was maybe a bit of a smaller experience, maybe something like this would get me in the mood to stay with that style of game and jump into yeah. Hades. Or actually, saying that. Um, there's a game we're going to be playing uh, on stream tomorrow lunchtime, which I think the name is Curse of the Old Gods, Curse of the Dead Gods, maybe. Which was a, which I think is still in early access actually, which is a Focus mm. Home uh, title. Um, but that is a very similar kind of roguelike dungeon crawler style game, um, and I wonder whether that will spur me on to going back to Hades. Um, mm. Yeah, and I, I know you. Lucy, you're not. Uh, you know, this isn't your first pick <laughs> of genre. But no. does it does it have you wanting to explore it a little bit more? I th- I go into. I do want to play Hades. I, I absolutely um, want to check that out. 
But what draws me to these games is not people saying, oh, it's punishing, it's difficult. Like, I like the fact that, because I am going to try out the assist mode in this game, because I finished the first three dungeons, and then you're, and now I'm having to go through them again, mm-hmm. which I would have been happy for the game to end after that. I was playing it for, what, like maybe four, five hours? Um, you know, finish the dungeons, I'm like... You know, the first one took a bit longer than I, when I got used to the combat. Um, you know, the last dungeon took me, like, what, four tries or something like that, maybe less. Um, I wouldn't be happy with that, but this is basically recycling those dungeons but making the uh, enemies harder. Um, and I I played some runs last night and earlier on today, and I'm just like, I'm getting a bit bored of this, I'm getting a bit sick of this, it doesn't feel like I'm progressing, because I've unlocked a lot of those um, permanent skills, but the fact that I can only pin one of them doesn't make it any easier, especially when the enemies are harder and they've got like they just attack you and like, one of the negative parts of this game is that when you're in a these rooms are quite cluttered and when you're like ambushed and bombarded sometimes it's a bit difficult to see what happens you know sometimes it's a bit difficult to you know roll out of the space so it's just like i can just have a good run and then it's just like oh the odds didn't go in my favor i'm down to one heart now um right so i might i might try at the assist mode don't i i don't know specifically what it is yet so hopefully i can report back back on uh, yeah back on that next week but Mm. um yeah, I, what I did read is that, like, you know, your health is... A, I think you can maybe take more hits and the enemies don't quite... are not quite as aggressive or something like that. So I'll check it out. But, yeah, I I like games where they offer you that option because I don't want to be hitting my head over, you know, over and over again. Yeah. Doing the same thing over and over again. Like, there comes a limit. I don't care how good your gameplay is, I don't want to be doing that over and over again, especially if it's something that takes a little bit of time, you know, to reset, it isn't just instant, you're back in it, like, sort of like Celeste or something like that, or, yeah, I I think more games should take an approach like Celeste, like, offer those, those, those things in the settings, like, you know, triple jump, or, um, you know, you can slow down time or something like that. It's like just to offer those options and hearing that Hades does have those, that kind of like percentage um, decrease or increase option or whatever it is, that appeals to me. I don't want to buy a game and think, yeah, I like this, but I'm still not getting anywhere. And it, a lot of it right. is down to probability and I don't want to pray too much to R and Jesus. Uh, I just want to hmm. play the game. Um. Yeah. So, I I I would like I get why people like those kinds of games. I like the sense of achievement, but just for me, I I I'm, I'm good. <laughs> like, yeah, it's fair. It's let me fair. play a little baby Thomas was alone game where I just you know <laughs> hop on squares and yeah. But but yeah, going on, I really 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 like the the tone and the setting of this game. And it, and there's there's this whole like narrative arc, so sort of like Hades when they say, oh yeah, you, you're getting all these different parts of the story about this feuding family. Mm-hmm. In Going Under, it's about 
you know this very small um, team in this startup company startup uh, you know Silicon Valley company and you know seeing the infighting how the project manager is a bit of a douche and how you know the, the CEO is just like this this frat boy who spends all the money <laughs> and it's and yeah there's it's really funny light-hearted um, uh, story to it but also like touches on some some things where it's like you know abuse in the in the workplace like oh, um, okay. yeah yeah it does it in a very light-hearted funny sense but it does go there and it's like yeah. you know yeah. and and yeah it's very tongue-in-cheek but it, it it does hit on some some things like like in in the loading um, sort of like on a Sims loading screen where it says like reticulating swines and stuff like nice. that. In in this game, yeah, yeah. yeah. In this one, it 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 says stuff like, uh, you know, paying in exposure, um, ah. you know, touching base, uh, paying minimum wage, um, gaslighting. You know, oh, so those it's are like, pretty good. It has things to say. It's just not you know beating beating you over you know yes. with with that message. It's just doing it in a very tongue in cheek, uh, funny way. But it's like. No, this is like still kind of messed up, you know. And it, it, I, I, I really like how they balance that tone. But Good. yeah, that's going under, and it's from developers Agro Crab, which is brilliant um, uh, dev name. Yeah, right. Because a yep, little crab definitely. holding like I think it's like nice. a sword, like a knife or something <laughs> as their <laughs> as their logo. And yeah, Team Seventeen. Yeah, I I asked for a code and they sent one over, and I was like, because I yeah, I really like the look of this game, and it, and it hasn't disappointed. But mm. just so that it remains in my good looks, I might just drop it down to that assist mode. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Mm -hmm. We'll get to that point in the game where either you haven't quite got to the end, and you've you know. Hit your head against the wall so many times, or it's kind of repeated mechanics over and over and over again that it becomes a little bit too rote, and you want mm -hmm. something fresh and new. So there's, I mean, there's for anyone, there's absolutely no shame in dropping down difficulty and applying sort of accessibility Oop. modes in baby ass baby to, mode. Yeah, yeah. Yep. To experience the story and get through a game, everything, nothing needs to be as hard as possible the sake of all it. the yeah. time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, business. who am I trying to impress, really? Yeah, absolutely. Just want to play <laughs> Playing a game on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, should we move on to another beer? Yeah. Indeed. Okay, Lucy, what have we got? Mm -hmm. I have got something different to what I usually have. Oh, okay. This is... Another hard an Amer No. <laughs> God, no. Uh, we're sticking with beer, thankfully. It's an American brown ale. Um, Ooh, haven't nice. had a brown ale in many a year. Mm. Uh, this is from Pressure Drop. Nice. And it's called What Are You Doing? Question mark. Waiting. No, it's not called that. That's just what's on the can. It's called Show Me Something New. <laughs> <laughs> I was reading that green writing when yep. the there is the name of the beer. Yeah, Show Me Something New. 5.6%. Uh, tasting notes hazelnut strawberry everything strawberry in a brown ale mm. 
Okay. <laughs> Hops are Mosaic Simcoe. Um, yeah, everything with a satisfyingly malty richness and a hoppy summer fruit burst. This beer is everything. Okay. Did they put strawberry in a brown ale? Is this a bad idea? Well, what what constitutes an American brown ale? Yeah. Like an American brown bear. Small. <laughs> the brown bear's big. Black bears are small, right? I don't fucking know. Yeah. Bears. Yeah. The, the, <laughs> the polar bear's the biggest, that's all I know. But those grizzlies, are, did, did anyone um, keep in touch with the. Uh, what is it? The, the Fat Bear Week, where they, where they all ah, eat yes, all the salmon yeah, yeah. Mm, before hibernation. Those bears are huge, so. Yeah. I'm glad that's a thing, Fat Bear yeah. Week. It smells nice though. <laughs> I'll, I'll speak about it later. It smells like um, I hate like chocolate fruits, like 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 you know when mm-hmm. they have like yeah 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 they put fruit and chocolate in like quality street. I think it's disgusting, um, especially like those strawberry oh those strawberry and raspberry ones or whatever they put in chocolate. It smells like that. I know my favorite which ones. Is, oh, which is nice. The smell is nice. The taste is revolting. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, come back. we'll come back to the yeah. American uh, brown ale in a, in a moment. Adol, you and I yep. are, um, are drinking the same beer. Correct. It is the Siren Cold-Blooded Cold Steep Porter. Uh, I'm halfway through pouring, so I'll allow you to read off the back if you haven't cracked yeah for sure it yet. Uh, so it's a siren cold blooded cold steep porter it is 5.0% we cold steeped grains overnight before brew day to build up a gorgeous chocolatey base for this rich comforting porter from there roasty notes are layered amongst subtle smoke coffee and hints of dark chocolate cold blooded pours silky smooth and drinks with a satisfying richness Keep cold, serve cool, drink fresh. And it is, I think I said 5%, and it comes in a standard 330 mil can. 330? Is that? Yeah. 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 Sorry. The, the weirdest thing about tins, small tins here versus back home, is they're 355 millimeters. Mm-hmm. Millimeters. Milliliters in <laughs> America yeah, yeah. and 330. And I. Do you know why we don't get the extra 25 mils? It makes a difference between a small can and like a 440 or like a full pint. Much bigger. Notice that's like a full... That's a nice, solid sip. Mm-hmm. Austerity, um, mate. Yeah. So it is. <laughs> Bloody EU <laughs> regulations, isn't it? That's the Tories, mate. That's what I'll get you. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes. Yes. Uh, Lucy, we'll come back yeah. to you. Right. It's a very pretty beer. This it, is sort of like what you'd see in like a magazine of like a hunting lodge or something like that in America, <laughs> in the in, around the grizzly bears. Yeah, it's a nice, slightly reddish um, mm. brown ales. Um, I think it looks probably looks a bit clearer from where you're seeing it on the camera. It does but look quite clear. It, yeah, it's not at all when you look at it. It's it's um I think it's just the 
reflection on the darkness of the mm-hmm. color but um yeah it, it, it's very much like very silty pond water looking really um yeah <laughs> but uh that the aroma's gone um i think i got more of it when i cracked open the can initially yeah not getting much you're getting a little bit of coffee but you're having to really put your nose in it to to get mm. that but yeah, nice um, off-white, slightly brown, uh, foamy head. It's just sticking around. Um, hmm. It's a lot to this. Oh. Just trying to um, dig through it. I'm going to take another sip. Hmm. How strange, but very nice. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, you're getting. You are getting like slightly fruit, fruity flavors on it. I'm not. I don't think it's because I've just had that really orangey fruity toile. Because this definitely feels like more red berry rather than the orange mm. citrus. Hmm. So. Yeah, definitely getting some of that. It's not as heavy as uh, as it looks from um, from here, um, like that, that like thick, viscous density that you'd think it have, um, just from how like muddy it looks. But yeah, it's quite it's quite not thin. I'd say it's medium bodied. It's not too heavy. Uh, what was the percentage? Five point six. So it's not you know going to be the thickest or heaviest, but. Yeah, you are getting those like kind of fruity flavors, but it actually matches really well with that nice earthiness. Um, it's got a nice bit of earthiness, and it has got like quite a lot of coffee in it. It tastes almost stouty. Um, more more coffee than I would have expected for for like a brown ale. I would expect like a bit more, a bit more earthiness, a bit more, mm. bit more maltiness. Um, but yeah, getting a lot of coffee on this which is nice I really like it um, but yeah it's got more to it than like a porter or a stout it's it's really good I'm, tr- I'm trying to think of everything that's going on <laughs> we can always come back to you we always, oh. always revisit it a little bit mm. yeah it's it's like sort of weighing in a lot of different camps it has got that, you know, the coffiness of like a stout. It's, it's it seems kind of like creamy though as well. It's not too heavy, but it's got that like kind of creaminess. Like it's even got like oats in it or something. Mm. I'm not sure if it has, but yeah, it only says the only says the hops and nothing else. Um, yeah, that's that's really good. It's maybe it's been just so long since I've had a brown ale, but. That's nice. That's really you, good. You realise you like them a little bit more than you thought <laughs> yeah. you did. Yeah. Yeah. When I saw stra- strawberry and brown, I was like, "Oh my god!" But um, yeah, as I said on the can, it, it is literally everything. It's it, it it tastes like if someone said blindfolded me and said this is a black IPA, I'd be like, "Yeah, of course it is." Or if they just said it's just straight up stout, or yeah, or or maybe even sort of like a cream ale, or it, it's mm. got a lot going on, but. It just does it so well. That's that's a really yeah. good beer. Nice, nice. Mm-hmm. 
uh, again another another brewery we talked about uh, Verdant at the start and two old um, you know big breweries who uh, you know don't really seem to miss Pressure Drops another one uh, who just yeah, yeah. seem to smash it out every time yeah it's, it's even got like a little bit of like spiciness of like an like it's something that you drink at like Christmas like a bit of a um nice heat and spice to mm. it um yeah this is yeah this is this is a oddity but it's very, it's very good yeah good i i really like this beer good mm. um so adult we'll move on to ours mm-hmm. cold-blooded from siren it's got a very sweet nose maybe maybe a little sweeter than i was uh, than i was expecting yeah to be honest, I, I was expecting more. I think why I felt that, feel it's more sweet is just because there's not much else going on. I thought it would have more of a coffee. It's quite thick. Um, I, I, but also, it's a five percent. Yes. Um, and you can tell that, like with the lacing, it, it just doesn't cling to the glass. Everything kind of descends quite quickly. A thin amount of just a thin layer of head. Nose is a, is sweet with just a, a back tinge of sort of roasted, slightly coffee-ish, but again, very light there. I would yeah, think. really light, yeah. And and I think maybe it's just that, like they said, they they it's um they cold. This is like cold pressed coffee versus like hotly steeped coffee, and maybe and that's maybe why they cold press is because the coffee's there. It's very much there, but it's very understated compared to what you normally get with like a coffee infused porter yeah absolutely I, I think that comes across quite well in the, in the flavour as well it matches the nose uh, quite well it loses a little bit of that sweetness and does give you a it's got this lovely kind of like drying bitterness right at the end as well I was going to say the, the, the finish is um, it does kind of what um Aspartame feels like without the weird taste. It's that sort of drying bitterness. Yes, it is. Yeah. Uh, okay. Because I was gonna say it's aspartamey, and then as soon as you said what you said, I was like, oh right, that it's that part of aspartame without the mm. horrible taste, um, or at least the taste that is very much dividing a room. It's literally just that drying up feeling of, of ta- having aspartame without without the taste being affected by it. Yeah. Did it tell you where the coffee was from? No. no. Um, in fact, it's not even technically an ingredient because they just mm. steeped the grains. Yes. The grains being malted barley and oats mm. in the coffee. Um, uh, I'm not getting a lot of chocolate from it. Maybe just mm-hmm. a bit of the sweetness on the finish. A little, a little I think that's a just slight hint, yeah. Yeah, but I think that's mostly just because it's kind of sweet and has that roasted multi flavor mm-hmm. um, it's very easy to drink but yeah. I actually think that's not working in its favor I feel like what makes it easy to drink is making it kind of boring or flat it is It is quite flat yes and it's it's got a thinness to it as well yeah. um I think that flatness comes from, again, it says on the back, smoky. 
which is a uh, smoke, and it does have that smoke in it, which which does run the entire sort of uh, um, taste curve of this, and where I've got that drying bitterness at the end, that is absolutely a, a smoky sort of bitterness. I think with that flavour kind of running through, it doesn't link the other things that are kind of going on. There is that slight sweetness at the start, but not very much, not as much as we get on the nose, which does hint at chocolate. The coffee does come in, those roasted notes lift up, but that smokiness kind of just dulls everything down mm. where you might have had a sweet coffee and then it had gone down into a uh, sorry a sweet sort of chocolate and it gone down into yeah. a more bitter coffee the smokiness kind of is just leveling everything out onto yeah as you say a very flat sort of flavor um it has it has hints of things going on but none of them are big enough to to do yeah. very much yeah they're kind of all crowding each other out it's just a it's, it's kind of the opposite of what was going on in that first beer that I mentioned, which was like so just like crisp and clean and you could like easily delineate the things that were going on. This is sort of like we're going to it's it's more of an amalgam approach to, to, to the tastes and things. And unfortunately, I, a few sips in, I'm, I think the amalgam is just a little too muddy than mm. I was hoping. Yeah. But we'll see. Yeah. By the end of it, it might it might be just that we still have the IPA and double IPA on our tongues, uh, respectively. Possibly, yeah. We'll return to it. Uh, Lucy, did you have any yeah. other games you wanted to discuss this week before I launch into New York's you, finest? You launch. Ooh. You launch away, you webby boy. Uh, yes, I've been playing um, Spider-Man. Miles Morales. Um, I mean, off off the top, first comment has to be: it's more Spider-Man. Do well, not go into this game expecting it to reinvent uh, yeah. an eight-legged, eight-spoked wheel of some kind. Um, it, it is more of the same. Um, yep, Miles, which is not a bad thing. It's not yeah. a bad. No, that absolutely, a it's not game. a bad thing. Spider-Man yep. was a fun game. And Miles plays a little bit differently. He has different powers. There's different things that you can do. Um, he can camouflage himself. That's one of his powers. So um, it allows you to play a little bit more sort of stealthily. Um, mm -hmm. He also has these uh, like brutal um, bioelectricity powers as well. So you can hit a little bit harder. And depending on where you spend skill points in upgrading certain things, you know, you can you can make yourself a little bit beefier or you can make yourself a little bit more stealthy once you've unlocked that uh, mm. that skill. And where I always felt with um, with Spider-Man um, what's the full title of that game? Marvel's Spider the Hyper Man. Mm. Um, yeah. With with that one with Peter I always felt like I'd start off stealthily and always end up going into <laughs> full kind of combat. Yeah. It's just something about the way that that played where it was like, oh, I'll take a couple of people out and then it's just full combat. Miles feels a little bit different. Um, you can you can do a whole place being stealthy because you have that camouflage mechanic. You know, if things go south, right. you can camouflage and get out of there and then you can go back into being a little bit more stealthy if you've fallen foul and someone's sort of seen you or something. 
or with those uh, bioelectric moves you have kind of special attacks where you can hold uh, L1 and hit square and it'll do a, a massive electric punch or uh, that and triangle and it will do a dash where he flies across the space and hits someone and throws them away. Uh, so there's a, there's a few different skills there as well in terms of sort of how you approach like combat with this. And that's yeah. maybe the main difference with it really. Um, apart from obviously the story and it being centred around Miles who I think discovered he had powers in the first game. He got bitten by a spider in a lab. I, I, not not to spoil it for anyone, but if anyone knows about Spider-Man, how does Spider-Man, yeah. the Spider-Mans become Spider-Man. They get bitten by a spider in a lab. Yep. I was bitten or in by a, museum. a spider late one night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're always bitten by a spider. I don't know anything about Mars Morales, so I don't know if that's a canonical um, comic um, so Adol, you way and I, he we, got it. We um, we, we delved into our week. thoughts on we delved into our thoughts <laughs> on uh, the Spider Verse into the Spider Verse um, on Monday, which should be dropping um, tomorrow. Prior to when, yeah, Bam. well, yeah, tomorrow for anyone listening. Prior to when this goes out on um, on the podcast services, but uh, we chatted about that, and yes, he does just get bit by a spider in that, and I think that's probably I, I okay. haven't read issue one. Of, I think Miles was Ultimate Spider-Man. He's part of the Ultimate Universe to begin with. No, no. Um, I if he was, he wasn't the original Ultimate Spider-Man. Okay. Uh, I will look that up. All right. Uh, but yeah, bitten by a spider. It's the, it, it's the same thing uh, here, but at least this game. Oh, you're right. He was an Ultimate. Yeah, yeah. This, this game starts with. Um, with him having some kind of grasp over his powers, but he is discovering more as as it goes. Um, and Peter goes out of town for a, a working holiday for a bit and basically says, stuff's cool, Miles, don't worry about it. Everything's okay at the moment. I'm is it, is it new you're, Peter you're, face? You're, you're, you're Spider-Man. You're the only Spider-Man left here. It's... <laughs> is it new Peter face? Is it new Have Peter I face? Seen him without a mask on? Yes, I think it is. Mm. Yes, I think it oh, is. No. Oh, and it, di- it didn't throw you off, though. Um, uh, I don't remember. I mean, that's what I mean. Like, if it did, yeah. it was momentary, right? Because yeah, yeah, yeah. this was the big thing. People feeling like it would be so but, terrible. But if it's just, like, that snippet, though, like, instead of, you know... Yeah, it's not him <laughs> constantly game where it's on the screen. You know, I'm not playing as yeah. him. I'm not seeing I, him. I think in the you'd lab. notice yeah. it. Yeah, right. If it yeah. if if it was a Peter Parker game rather than a Miles Morales game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and it, it's, it's so far, it's it's telling a very nice story about Miles and his discovery and it, like the friendships that he's kind of making within the area and how he's kind of moved to Harlem and they're calling him their Spider Man. You know, he he's very much kind of like the local sort of okay. hero, um, right? And I, I have no doubt that there's a there's a scene right at the beginning of the game where someone is spray painting a big mural of um, OG Spider-Man, and and Mars is like, hey, make some room for the new one. And mm. I got I got no doubt that kind of at the end of the game we're going to see some kind of callback to that, where there'll either right. be a mural yeah, of him of or he'll be included yeah. in that sort of piece. 
but it, 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 it does tell a quite a, sort of a, a touching story so far about how That's he good. interacts with the other uh, inhabitants of Harlem and he's building his reputation kind of around that. Uh, but also, and again, it's the same sort of thing with uh, Into the Spider-Verse, that he is young and he is discovering his powers and he is a little bit um, not unconfident, but he, he doesn't have green, that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't have yeah. that kind of like big confidence to him and it builds through the game. So comments that he makes at the beginning, either sort of during combat or at the end of a combat sequence, are uh, are more confident further through the game, um, so you can tell that it's built into the, the the game that he is growing in confidence in this, and he's mm. doing more stuff, and he feels more like Spider Man rather than like the other Spider Man. You know, this this kind of like B character <laughs> to um, you know to Peter Parker, and it feels really good just to swing around New York again and, ha- and have mm-hmm. that full map you know everyone's sort of saying this is a smaller experience and it probably is in terms of its length but it still has a lot of the same beats that the um, that the, the, the Spider-Man had so there's still collectibles there's still bases that you can go into and revisit to do different you know beat the shit out of people um, you right. can just swing through New York in the winter with the snow coming down mm. and it looks beautiful um, it's not uh, it's not a big visual upgrade from Spider-Man but I am playing on my yeah. original PS4, PS4 uh, and I this, it's the only we were talking last week about that kind of FOMO about those new consoles and I think it's kind of been the only time I felt a little bit of FOMO when I've gone onto Twitter mm. after I've shared a couple of screenshots that I've or photo mode shots that I've taken of this, and then gone onto Twitter and seen what people are putting out from the PS5 version of this, be like, ah, right, yeah. this looks insane. Yeah. On this. Well, well that's a good thing that they added in, um, like cross save. Uh, yes. So when yeah. you eventually get it, and you want to take your pretty pictures. Yeah, and, and you know, the, the, the base version, the PS4, uh, every PS4 version of uh, Mars Morales gets upgraded for free. Why wouldn't it? You know, yeah. Every fucking game should do that, really. Uh, but yes, I have to pay nothing additionally to get a patch, I would assume. Uh, I, I Well, saying that, I think I might just get the... Um, it might just deliver to me and put into my library... The digital version of Mars Morales for the PS5. I, be I think that's the way that they they've worked it at the moment. So I will get that game, and it will be interesting to see. Uh, it will probably be one of the first games, having had it now on the PS4. When I do get the PS5, unless there's another mm. game I've got which um, has you know is on both consoles, that will be the first thing that I put up on the PS5 when I get to that makes point. sense yeah um, and see what that difference is uh, but for the moment again it's more Spider-Man it's a fun game and yeah. I'm enjoying going around doing those different combat or aerobatic um, sort of missions doing the um, you know, clearing out bases is still fun it's, it, the, the gameplay of these games are really fun 
and yes. they don't feel repetitive because you can play it in so many different kinds of ways. Um, yes, it is just bashing heads at the end of the day, but you have different options of how you kind of want to do that. Um, yeah, the combat's varied, you know, you've got all those different, um, you know, your weapon wheel. And, um, I think the only thing that I was uh, ruining in the first game was like, I wish they'd switched up the enemy types a bit more. Yeah. Um, because it was like, yeah, even in like the different factions and the and the and the street gang and stuff like that, it was always like, okay, there's the heavy, there's the ranged attacker, there's you know the shielded one. Um, yep. Yeah. So uh, Miles, I, Miles does do that. Okay. okay. So yeah. you've got you, you know you do start off with standard guy, standard guy with weapon, standard guy with gun, standard guy with mm-hmm. automatic rifle, uh, heavy. And then they started to throw in some extra stuff. So then it was standard guy that hit a little bit harder. Then it was standard guy with a shield. Then it was heavy with a shield and a giant fucking mace that absolutely destroys you if it hits you. And they have delved a little bit more into that variety. So you do have to approach things very differently. And, you know, there were lots of times where you could punch an enemy they block mm-hmm. and you go oh, I've just got to dodge and he'll go under their legs and then I can just kick them into the air or something and do and do that mm-hmm. sort of thing and now we're hitting enemies where can't do that you know I've got to try and disarm them in some kind of way but because I'm surrounded by maybe 10 or 12 enemies trying to you know uh, sling my webs out to grab their shield and pull it away from them which takes time to do doesn't go through because another enemy's come over and smacked me in the head with a crowbar or something like that. Um, so you you really have to be um, quite on the ball, very twitchy with what you're doing, and you can't like crowd control. So you're like, I'm just going to concentrate on this guy because so much is going on in some mm-hmm. of these encounters that you're being much more reactive uh, yeah. uh, just to the enemies rushing into you, which which feels great because that's what I imagine it would be like you know you cannot go into an encounter with 12 people and think right I'm going to do this 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 and I'm going to do this I'm going to do it in this order it would be absolute chaos if that was the case and it definitely feels really it feels good in that regard and and not just in like Miles being a younger Spider-Man a little bit more inexperienced and having to be reactive, it is just that situation. That is what it would be yeah. like for fucking anyone, even you right. know any any superhero of the upper Eclions. Hmm. I have a very important question from the back. Mm. Um, mm. Have you met Bodega Cat? Oh, very important. Yeah. I have. I have met Bodega Cat, <gasps> and I have done a mission where I had to go and uh, retrieve him. But I haven't got to a point where he's got a little spider mask on and he's in my backpack. So I've not seen any yet. So I've not got that. They've laid the groundwork there. (laughs) Well, it's it's, so uh, an interesting point of this is that um, with the skills that you can learn, some of them are locked off by New Game Plus. So I can't fully upgrade Miles unless I Mm -hmm. go into New Game Plus. Okay. That's that, 
wasn't the case for the same for the last game because no, it wasn't. I've it wasn't. And I wonder whether they they've just yeah. put that in because it is a shorter experience. And you know, probably the way that I'm currently playing games at the moment, you know, it's as you're kind of experiencing, Lucy, uh, with with working, it's in short bursts. So I'm I'm getting mm. in and I'm playing maybe like half an hour, and then yeah. I play a little bit kind of in an evening, and I might get sort of a two hour session if if Kim says, oh, I've got, you know, I've got some shite that I want to watch. On ITV or something, <laughs> uh, then I might get. Uh, How do you really uh, feel? <laughs> then I might get uh, a couple of hours to to sit down with it. Otherwise, it's kind of like snatched moments, and that that works quite well with Spider-Man because nothing is more than like ten or fifteen minutes in terms of a mission, and a lot of the time you're like, oh, there's a crime going on over here. That's only you know it's going to take me a few minutes to go over and, and, and do that, and if I die, fine. It takes me you know a few minutes again to overcome that. Uh, and there's yeah. lots of nice mm. little parts and as an open world game this really suits me quite nicely that I can do all of these little experiences while still getting the full experience and the power of, of Spider-Man yeah mm-hmm. uh, yeah uh, I it looks good I mean mm. it has you know the base game we, we both put that on our top 10 in 2018 yeah. um, it, it's a case where I'm like, I'm good, I don't need... I, I don't want to play any more Spider-Man. Um, and then when I do eventually pick it up and play it, I'm just like, yeah, I, I miss this. I, I, I want this experience. <laughs> yeah. Sort of like, um, what was it, Gears 5 last year. Um, and it was just like, I don't need more Gears. I had Gears like, like three years prior to this. Then when I started playing, it's like, yes, I absolutely need more Gears. <laughs> I need this experience in my life. It's just, yeah, it's very... Like even when I went back to the DLC um, uh, for the first game, it was just easy to hop back in. Yeah, so, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and it and it feels very much like that as well. Like I, I, I started playing and picked the controls up again really quickly. Um, mm-hmm. It does it does ramp the difficulty up a little bit by throwing in more bodies occasionally. And there have been times where I have died, and um, I think one of the things with this is that everyone is saying how quick Miles Morales loads on a PS5. You know, there is... Right. You do that fast travel, and you don't even get the screen. It is just him at the destination, mm-hmm. essentially. And even in, when I've watched Corey play uh, MC Fixer, for our viewers, uh, he are over on Twitch, um, when he's been playing, and I've been watching him play, he's so, so quick to load. Yeah. But yeah. this, on PS4, still feels quick. A loading screen will come up on occasion, like if I die, a loading screen will pop up. Mm-hmm. I'll read the tip, and then two okay. or three seconds later, it says press X to continue, or it will just launch into the you know uh, the cutscene that it has prepared, sort of thing. It's it's a lot quicker than I remember Spider Man being. Yeah, be- uh, because wasn't that a result of the ghosts? Um, yes, yes, mm. is exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, so something yeah. about how Ghost of Tsushima um, developed and the tech that they were able to bring in meant that load times could be phenomenally faster. And I would, I would guess that then Sony have gone right, pushes across everything yeah. we're possibly doing. Um, I didn't realize and, that. And yeah, Miles Morales has benefited from that absolutely. That is um, so good. Yeah, yeah, they didn't need to do that, and to retroactively put that tech into because I read that they did it for like The Last of Us um, 
remastered, which came yes. out in like what yeah, 2014. Yeah, everything, almost like, every first party awesome. game got yeah. a big patch. Um, that is in the last few weeks. That, yeah. Oh, that's they, they deserve the props for that. Like, like yeah. that's that's incredible because like yeah, a lot of people don't come to games for maybe like a generation later, and someone picking up um, like say my friend who I gave my PlayStation to, if they were picking up all these games, and it's just like yeah. Quick load times we've yeah. patched this in. That's 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 really good. Yeah, that, absolutely. that's that's really impressive. Just like the HDR, how that was a patch. Like mm. they, I, I don't know what magic Sony are doing over there, but yeah, that's really good. Because yeah. they got their fingers in all of these different pies. Isn't it? <laughs> sort of like, mm, yeah. This one, yeah. they expand it over everything they're doing. Uh, but yeah, mm. Miles is a really fun game. Um, I can't wait to get to the end and uh, you know uh, and finish out the story. I'm I'm intrigued mm-hmm. in it. Um, it's it's kind of uh, something that I've kind of wanted. I think I've been playing Vampire, and that's mm-hmm. a little bit draw. You know, and it's from Don't Nod. I expected it to be maybe a bit more concise than it was, but it feels a bit big. It feels a little bit drawn out. Whereas Miles is like, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this. Here yeah. the story beats. Right. Yeah, it's um, polished, yeah. It, it, mm. it is polished, it is polished, it's nice and concise, it doesn't feel overblown um, or, or or bloated in any way so far. And yes, I am playing it in smaller sort of snatches, and I'm getting the occasional few hours uh, with it to, to delve in, but the story has probably taken me you know, out of maybe the 10 hours, maybe not quite 10 hours, maybe the eight hours or something like that that I've played, mm-hmm. I'm probably halfway through the story. Because oh, I've just been going around than, doing the collectibles, yeah. doing all oh, of the right, extra okay. bits. So and padded out, yeah. Yes, right. yes, yes, yes. So it's padding out in a, in a, you know, for an open world game, but yeah. it's drawn me into want to do those extra bits uh, and find yeah. those things. And, and you, you know, it it marks and locates these things quite well on the map that actually I'm like, right, I've gone here to do this. Oh, look, here are all of these things in this sort of radius that I can now go and do. Yeah. So rather than me going over to the mission, which is over here, I'll sweep all of that. I won't, I'm not going to fast travel. I'll get all of the things on the way over to the next mission. And I think it's done a very good job of kind of, uh, uh, of pointing you around the mm. map and using the location very well to to not make any difference. Feel already the side missions feel out of the way. Uh, you will kind of always yeah. get to that area at some point. Yeah, you know, I just just occurred to me. Um, I don't know if it's on Game Pass, but maybe in a few years, Ben, you should try out Sunset Overdrive. Oh yeah, oh, that yeah, game yeah. so much fun. I I still think it's one of the best, if not the best, games on Xbox of this generation. Mm. Like, oh, I mean, that was one of. The, so when I sold my Xbox, it was like, mm-hmm. oh, I haven't put enough time into that game. All the other games, it's like, well, I they'll like show up. Either it's like. I have them on another platform through subscriptions, or it's mm-hmm. like I, I'll bet you money that it'll show up. I think it's something. on Steam now. Yeah, I think it's it, it is on Steam, but it hasn't been like given away on. Yeah, or do you, <laughs> is it on your humble or, or discounted? Yeah, I haven't yeah. got a free copy of it yet, yeah. basically. Yeah. But like, I really liked it. I thought it was so. I much think that's fun. a fantastic game. Yeah, uh, I, and it was a launch I, title, right? 
Launch Window, I think it came out Launch in 2014, 2014 or within like a year of launch. Yeah, or and it, it like it, it held up, it has held up as far as I know. Um, yeah, I, I haven't played it since like 2015, but... Mm. I played yeah, it last I, probably 2017, 2018, mm, 2018 probably, yeah. And it the was humor great. and stuff like that. I mean, I, I say to Ben, like, wait a few years, because I don't think that'll age, like, particularly badly in, like, um, graphics, because it's so cartoonish, yeah. but yeah, I was wondering if it might have aged in sort of its humor, but, like, you know, playing Spider-Man, that feels... You're obviously given more fluidity and freedom of movement in Spider-Man. They're just two different games in that sense. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I love Sunset Overdrive. I, I think I prefer Sunset Overdrive to Spider-Man. Ooh, yeah. wow. I okay. can see that. Yeah. Nice. Like, Spider-Man was... It, it felt very much like generic open world for a lot of it. Even though it was fun and I platinumed it, like, a lot of it was... This feels like mid two thousands open world kind of um, loop to it, which is yeah. fine, good. I really enjoy it. Obviously, did like I got one hundred percent on all the DLC as well. Um, but it was, I think, just like the quirkiness and the the different kinds of like. Um, I mean, Sunset Overdrive is still that kind of like generic open world thing where you are just getting mm. collectibles and stuff like that. But it's it just felt a bit more. Bizarre and had a bit more pizzazz to it, I think, because um, I've played the DLC for that as well. Um, yeah, play that game. Everyone, go play that game. From what I've seen of it and what I have in my mind of what Sunset mm-hmm. Overdrive is, uh, it, it feels like, in terms of its map size, it's a lot smaller. And like you're, 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 yes, you are kind of going along, uh, you know, wires and rails and those sorts of things, and, and mm. it has that kind of very frenetic movement to it. But you're like, here's, a, you know, from what I remember, it's like here's a group of enemies, blah 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 blah, blah. move to the next one, here's a group of enemies, blah 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 blah. blah. Yeah. Whereas Spider Man is in New York, it's fucking massive, so you're yeah. swinging for a long time without getting to uh, like combat and things like that. I, I think you're right in that sense, but I think because you aren't just zipping through the world, it does take a bit longer to get through that world, even, even that in Sunset Overdrive, even if the, you know, um, square mileage is is smaller. Um, and it is more open than the in Spider-Man. Spider-Man's very... Okay, you're swinging through New York, but it's always dependent on these... Okay, you get a, you know a message where it's like okay there's, there's enemies here nothing is dynamic it's yeah. always okay i'm going to this part of the map because there's an icon there and that's where i know this is happening whereas mm. with sunset overdrive all these i can't remember what these blob monsters are called it's open it's an open world in that sense it's, it's sort of like dead rising it's got like these zombies yes, there, right. and it's like you know nothing's um contingent on Starting a, a mission, starting a pigeon flying, catching thing, or yeah. starting a you know police APV message or anything like that. So it's it's, it's more open in that sense. But um, yeah, I, I, that game's good. The voice acting's great. Um, I played as a female character. I, I can't. Re- Gosh, who who did the voice acting for that? But it was really good. Not and it, yeah, it's just it's just 
Yeah, no, I can't remember, but um, really great voice acting. It's just, it might have been Laura Bailey, I'm not sure, but um, yeah, it, it's just it's just good all around, to be honest. Yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. if it does come to Game Pass, I will definitely... Uh, uh, yeah, I'm not sure if it's on PC Game Pass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, mm. Nice. Um, so yeah, that's probably us for mm. this week. Uh, finishing out on a game from 2014. Yeah. Yep, that sounds like us. Games. <laughs> um, but still, somehow the best, one of the best games on Xbox, <laughs> after like Ori and yeah. one of the Gears. It, it happens. Yeah. <laughs> Can't argue with it. Uh, Lucy, oh. hmm. what was your favourite bear this week? Yeah, I, I like the two all. Um, it's. It was a good goes, not 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 something that is just like oh overly sour or um, disappointingly sour. Where it's got none of that, and it's just like yeah, this is like a pretty flat uh, fruit beer. Um, but yeah, that American Brown Ale is it's really good. It's mm. as it said, it's it, it's everything. Not to be so uh, dramatic over the top. Yeah, dramatic and hyperbolic but um it does do a lot of things um and all those things are nice it it has nice creamy richness to it it has that little bit of fruitiness to it giving it a bit more um you know a bit more balance a bit more interest in in its flavor it's it's got that nice earthiness that i really like from brown ales and it's got a nice bit of coffee that's probably the the over you know over arching kind of taste to it that coffee but yeah it's it's really good like i don't know what else to say it's so weird and so wonderful i i I need to find out more about this beer yeah i should have researched it a bit more but i didn't expect to drink a strawberry brown ale um that's fair yeah but yeah everything works it's not one of those freak concoctions that go terribly wrong this is one of those cases where it just goes Extremely right, right the other way. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so. nice. And that was called Show Me Something New. Yeah, and it is something new. And hey, presto. Perfect. I'll remember this one. No. Um, Excellent. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm surprised we haven't discussed or drunk or even commented that someone has made a beer. It's a goes called We Gave It a Goes. Hey. I mean, you know. <laughs> Well done. Writes itself through, doesn't it? Uh, Adol. Yes. Which did you prefer this week? Uh, I mean, I I really wanted to like the siren. um, But by the end of it, I I think my feelings didn't really change. It's just a little too muddy uh, between the different points of the taste. Uh, It's frustrating when you get a beer like this because, like... You get these glimpses of really interesting tastes, but they just fight each other. Mm. Um, and so ultimately it just kind of f- was flat, I think is the word I used earlier. Yeah. While the Ace Edge was like the polar opposite, um, you were getting those Sriracha's um, tastes very clean, very clear, very crisp. Um, it was do- trying to do less, but it did it better, I guess. Uh, while... Yeah, there was basically just the Sriracha Ace front and center on an IPA, but 
boy did you understand what it was trying to do it had a good balance of the bitter i really like the finish i think that's what cemented it was the fact that it was so crisp and bittering in the finish but the mouth feel and texture mm. made you not feel dried out so you could enjoy the bitter taste without feeling like your your mouth wanted something else which is a tough balance um yeah. and yeah and so i it's the um buxton brewery ace edge ipa this week for me nice nice uh, i'm going similar to you and pick my first beer um, yes, I wanted a little bit more from the siren and agree with you that it was a little bit too flat. Uh, the Verdant, whilst not being a uh, you know, mind-explosion gift <laughs> beer, yep. um, did, did a couple of things and did them very well. So it gave me those nice, soft stone fruits at the beginning. That flowed beautifully into an earthy bitterness which did mask that alcohol going on but that flow is really nice I'm like oh okay it's going down into this lovely kind of earthy bitterness and it was very easy it had a, a nice full body to it and a little bit of a viscosity to it as well that it made me want to keep sipping it you know I wasn't chugging away it wanted me to constantly have nice small sips of this beer to have that flavour, to have that mouthfeel. It's very well made. We always say about kind of like, you know, with these Cornish beers, and we're talking about the water quality, uh, that, yeah. that even even at 8%, you expect it to be a little bit bigger, but this is just, you know, it just has that quality to it. Yeah. Um, and it's just, yeah. <laughs> it's very, it very works. easy and very, very yeah. nice and works. Yeah, completely. Um, it's not, you know, it's not mind blowing, as I say, and it's probably not one of the best beers this year. But it's very, very good. And it tastes yeah. lovely, and I, I wouldn't hesitate to pick it up again um, if it's ever made again. Who knows with that? <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, Fair that is my one for this week. Uh, if you dear listener want to talk to us about the beers you've been drinking or the games that you've been playing you can do so at Tanked Up Cast either on Twitter or on our much ignored Instagram account uh, you can go to outoflives.net to look at the articles that are put up there to listen to other chats Adol you and I we've got a new podcast out called Geek Out Weekly which is W-E-A-L-K-Y uh, where we've been chatting um, last week about The Mandalorian Season 1 and this week about Into the Spider-Verse. You can find that on your podcast service of choice on our Out of Lives YouTube page or at outoflives.net. Individually, I'm at Nova underscore 47 if you want to talk to me about playing games in short bursts because kids get in the way of doing things. Uh, if you want to talk to Lucy about, you know... Playing some more roguelikes, maybe a genre that she's ignored <laughs> and doesn't enjoy, but something that she should get into. Uh, how do people do that, Lucy? It's at Juicy Loose Nine, and I'm very much looking forward to you and uh, Adil getting to the Geek Out Weekly uh, number of like where we are if we've tanked up, Jeez. and then you start going into the obscure television uh, shows like uh, I don't know the um, Alf Smurfs Alf um, 
the Snorks. Um, yep. Biker mice from Mars. Uh, oh shit! Yeah. 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 In fact, that might be, have to be next week. <laughs> I'm we, looking we, we forward got, to it. We could, we could do gargoyles. Yeah. Oh man, fuck, I loved yeah, gargoyles. Yeah. Well, Jonathan we Frakes is a bad guy? Sign me the fuck <laughs> up. <laughs> this is the direction. Uh, oh All god, right. yeah, you're right. We do need to go yeah. weirder. Bucky O'Hare. I'll be on the Beast World <gasps> one for Bucky sure. Bucky O'Hare! <laughs> <laughs> oh, Beast Wars, man, Lucy, you are—you—you've realized you've just tagged in on like back at least production, if not hosting duties by saying this. Oh, those are all great ideas. All we, all we need to do is just look at Lucy's shelf of action figures. <laughs> yeah, that's true. We span the last, you know, sadly, most of the nineties. Yeah, sadly, I. Well, you know what? I probably have some Bucky O'Hare toys in the in the loft, so I'm not going to say I don't have any. So yeah, <laughs> who knows fair. at this point? <laughs> if you if you have other topics that you'd like us to cover and you want to tell Adol all about that, uh, you can go to uh, me, Adol. Uh, I mean, you? go to you could reach me at uh, the Omniarc on all of the things, or go to Out of Lives.net to reach all of us. I think it's probably the the best way to phrase that one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, shrug emoji. Good. That's us this week. Uh, has anyone got any final thoughts they want to put out there into the void before we close out? Uh, rate us, review us, subscribe, like, follow, all those things on Twitch, YouTube, whatever you're consuming us on. Uh, we do do our podcasts live, have been for a while. That's worth checking us out if you like being live and hearing some of the ran- ramblings before and after. Uh, other than that, um, yeah, uh, share us with your friends, family, loved ones, hated ones. I don't really care. Um, <laughs> more someone. reach means we get a chat with someone. more people and uh, we get more chances to interact with you. Yeah, expand the conversation, build the group, talk to more people and share more thoughts with everybody. Uh, yeah, that's us. For another week, we've been tanked up. Goodbye. Good evening. Ciao. www.outoflives.net